Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Bandits had their parade last night and big night at the ballpark and then at various locations around town after. It was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Vegas is going to do likewise this weekend with the Stanley Cup. Shana Goldman from The Athletic, how is that sinking in with you that the Vegas Golden Knights are, in fact, the Stanley Cup champions? I'm here for it. They earned it. I like how they approach this year with, you know, fewer splashy moves and, you know, they wrote out some of some of the hardships, I guess you could say, of Jack Eichel, you know, not carrying his own line at parts of the season and the Mark Stone injury. I know everyone's mad about the long-term IR, you know, situation, but it's like, sorry, your team isn't <laughs> cutting the loopholes as well. But I think it's great. I, I'm over the salty attitude of like, they haven't been a team long enough. Like, no, they did it. They had a great time doing it. They played a really exciting style of play. Good for them. Okay, because you bring the heat with your opinions, I asked Duffer this question yesterday because that is what I was thinking about when Vegas was celebrating. Why is there four goalies on the ice and 37 <laughs> players on the ice? Like, how do you feel about the extras dressing to celebrate the Stanley Cup? Why not, right? Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm like... Come out in your suit. Like you didn't play, but okay, that's that's just me. <laughs> I think it would look weird if they were in suits. I'm okay with them. Like, I think at least wearing a jersey, being in like the whole pads and the nine yards is a lot. But you know what? Like, don't single them out. But they should definitely not be the ones to get the cup until everybody else did. That's why, like, the Jonathan Quick one very early. I know some were like sparking discussion about, and I get it was Martinez giving it to him. Probably know he was a great leader in the room and things like that. But I was also like, Aren't there other players like maybe yeah. Jack Eichel first postseason crushing it first Stanley yeah. Cup getting it before quick who has done this twice before. Yeah, I and didn't puzzled. play a minute in uh, in, in so. the playoffs like not one <laughs> yeah. like not yeah. one. He's like me. I, I got I got two gold medals. A Memorial Cup championship sitting right in my bookshelf. Just I played a, a total brag. of eight. Yeah, I, no listen, big deal. Shana, I played a total of eight seconds in those three events. I literally went in. After a TV timeout, first whistle, I came out. I got three championships, and I played a total of eight seconds. So, I, I would, I, you know what? I would have been waiting. I would have said, "No, I don't want it right now. Give it to somebody else. I'll do it at the end." So that's just me. But uh, I like. Then there's gonna be hot takes about someone saying that, like, "Oh, they weren't grateful enough that they got the opportunity." You can't win. 
Dana, ask him how many playoff minutes he played as a member of the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, how yeah. many? Zero. Like Dominic Hasek was a net hog. He never let me go in. <laughs> and Ryan Miller, the same thing. And Henrik Lundqvist, the same thing. Like I went like to conference finals and all of that, and I played a total of zero minutes, zero it's seconds. It's rude of them. It's rude. It's really so there for them the whole year on the ice, off the ice, whatever they needed. They should have looked and been like, hey, clock's ticking. Hop in. This is why you're a big fan of rotating goalies multiple times in a game. I get it now. Like, it makes sense because you should have been rotated in for a shift or two. Yes, please. Get me in when we're on the power play. Like, I won't see a shot. Just get me in there for the experience. Oh, my gosh. Shana, what's the fallout of Vegas winning? Meaning they always make it interesting with their roster decisions. So, like, which big names and I'll say any name that played for them with any regularity in the playoffs is a big name. Which guys are they going to move off of? Yeah, how are they going? They? To, how are they going to surprise us this off season? Who will they be trading for nothing this year's, right. you know, problem. If they've learned anything, it's that they have the good, you know, core that they don't need to overspend and they can find the reclamation projects and go for the low risk guys and things like that. But we all know Vegas doesn't learn from themselves. They just go big or go home. <laughs> So it's going to be really interesting to see who they cut because they have big decisions next summer. Jonathan March shows up next summer. And while he's someone who should be taking a pay cut because he'll be 33 years old um, or at least the same contract, someone's going to offer him a lot of money, rightfully so. And then you have Chandler Stevenson, who will be 30 years old up for a contract, too. So they're going to approach a really tricky time because if you start handing out those big contracts at age 30, you're going to run into a problem eventually that the San Jose Sharks are experiencing right now. You can't be handing out big contracts at that point, even if the player wasn't, you know, paid, you have to find the next version of them. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how proactive they are or aren't with that. I understand the thinking of Marcia. So at his age, um, not getting a, a, a huge pay raise, maybe same contract, but he was making $5 million yeah. the last few years. And he scored 30 goals two years ago, 28 last year. And he was playoff MVP. Like I'm thinking, there's somebody that's going to say, hey, we're going to overpay, but we're going to get two really good years and maybe three average years, right? Yep. And he'll take him to 37, 38. But, man, $5 million from our – like, they hit on so many, I want to say, bargain at time. And there's some contracts like William Carlson that looked bad at first but came through. Um, can they resign Barbashev at all? Like, is that – like, should that be number one? Like, okay, this or that. Aiden Hill or Barbashev, which one do you resign? Aiden Hill. Oh, okay. I So the thing with that is, and with March, so you're right, because someone will offer that money. I do wonder, though, if he says, this is the one team that gave me a shot, an opportunity. After the Florida Panthers gave me away for literally nothing, not for Riley Smith, for nothing, I, I'm going to you know return the favor and take a discount of mm -hmm. either the same salary or less. So I'm curious about that one. But with Barbashev versus Aiden Hill, you know, Vegas has been so splashy with what they've done. And it's so funny that the, and the goalie rotation through the years of what they've done, the repercussions of bringing in Robin Leonard, what they had to move out for his next contract. Could the, I thought going into the postseason they could get away with the Thompson Aiden Hill tandem for next year. And then Aiden Hill obviously raised the bar of what he's going to be able to get on his next contract. And rightfully so I could still see it not being this massive contract because there's only so much proven to his name that I think other teams right. might be worried about handing out a massive deal to a goaltender when it's a position we know the least about. So I think that they might be able to get him on a pretty reasonable deal as their 1A with Thompson backing up, and that would be fine. Barbashev feels like a player, but 
having said that, I was wrong about him being the player that would be overpaid for at the at the deadline. I really did think that it was going to be more of a bidding war. I can see him being, you know, that utility forward that everybody thinks that they have to have as the one that gets overpaid for after his big postseason when you should be looking for, again, the next version of Ivan Barbashev. Like the Brett Howdens and Chandler Stevensons they found before, find that in Barbashev. Yeah, I believe Barbashev won't be a part of it. I'm still unsure about Hill. The uh, Marcia will, in my opinion, take the exact same deal that Riley Smith took, and it'll probably go right down to the end, like into free agency next summer, where they just decide, okay, we'll give you three at five, which is what Smith is on right now, and I don't think it'll hurt them in the long run. What's really interesting to me, though, is at 29 years of age, and after being super productive unexpectedly for years now, will Chandler Stevenson ever truly get paid? He's on the last year of his $2.7 million deal. <laughs> Does he actually have a deal ahead of him that makes him 4 to $5 million a year? It should, certainly, more than that, based on his point production over the number of years. And then just to also tie in with Marcia, so maybe the benchmark gets set here for him if he doesn't end up staying in Vegas, based on what Alex Kalorn gets as he goes to unrestricted free agency, because the two are very comparable with long playoff runs, role players, and things of that nature. Um, and we saw what Andre Palat was able to get out of the Devils. You know, so how much will teams value that type of extended cup run experience? Not to mention, in this case, a Con Smythe. So it, it 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 stands to be pretty fascinating. You know how Vegas ultimately ends up affecting the entire landscape. But what we've been diving in on here, Shana, today, and our audience definitely wants to pursue it, names like Brett Pesci out there. What other names and or what do you think of Pesci as a fit for, you know, that that perfect partner for Owen Power, if you will? So this is going to be a really interesting one. I think what works in the Sabres' favor, and you could say this year they did it because of the players they had, right? They were one of the teams most willing to break apart, to not worry about handedness as much on their defensive pairs. Um, I think Arizona was the first, but again, roster change and who they had definitely played into it. But for Buffalo, the willingness to not stick to a lefty-righty pair, I think is going to buy them a ton of options because, first of all, we know right-handed defensemen tend to be overpaid. It's just the way it is. In this league, that is one of the most valued positions you can have. Also, when you look at the free agent market and who's available, there are some more favorable lefties I think that might be interesting for that pairing I could see someone like Scott Mayfield being brought in he's someone that you know teams are going to value because he he's a hard worker ton of effort can play the you know heavy minutes and is good in the postseason I think on his own he might get overrated but I do know that he's really good with a puck mover and that's something Owen Power needs I think that if you're going for the more defensive option to balance out the offensive option, which I don't think you need to do in today's game, but we do know that's like a priority sometimes. Uh, it could work in this case because they'll still be a productive pairing and you have that balance. The other name that intrigues me, though, is Carson Soucy, who is yeah. left-handed. So you have to figure out if one or both of them are comfortable playing on the right just to have that versatility. Uh, but again, we've seen that willingness before from Buffalo, so I'm not too worried there. You have someone who's really good at, you know, like puck retrievals and zone exits and really good in his own zone, but I think that he's a little bit more proactive of a defensive defenseman versus Mayfield, a little less traditional of that hard, heavy shot blocking, hitting style. So Susie's the player I would favor if I were Buffalo, and he's someone I would definitely pursue. Okay, so um, those two players that you talk about, so this morning I pulled up 
Um, just natural stat trick, high danger chance, uh, goals against per 60. Because I want somebody that can defend in front of their goaltender, which the Sabres had a tough time to. Carson Soucy's 34th on that list. Mayfield's 37th at just over 1.1 goals against, high danger goals against per 60, which is some of the best numbers in the league, right? Like when the, the you know, Raikou Gudis is third, like that's the name that came up. I was a little surprised with it. So, but should we, and Duffer asked me the question, like, should we look at those numbers because the Islanders obviously played a good defensive game. The Seattle Kraken played a good defensive game. The Carolina Hurricanes and played good defensively. Like, does that transfer to a team like the Sabres moving forward? Yeah, it's tough because it's a totally different environment, totally different structure, totally different goaltending picture for the most part when you're talking about Mayfield with the Islanders and Pesci with the Hurricanes because they've had at least above average goaltending. I think when you look at Susie, it's a little bit different because yeah. some of the goaltending in Seattle has definitely been sketchy. And that's a team yeah. too that they're very good defensively, but when that high danger chance goes against, when that rush shot gets through the defense, you don't know if you're getting the save. So I think maybe that pressure might transfer a little bit. The Islanders are interesting, though, because this past year, as much as we know them for their defensive structure, they weren't as good defensively. You know, they did have a little bit more of a commitment to offense, which made sense with the coaching change. That was the whole idea. But they had a little less structure, but they had the best goalie in the league. So it's it's a really tough one because you're talking about someone you need to know will transfer to a different environment. And you really don't know that's the case. Someone like Radko Gudis, I'd say, is someone that would give you a little more certainty because we know he's played through some defensive chaos in Philadelphia. And with the Panthers, he is excellent in his own zone. He really is such a good defenseman. And sometimes we forget about that because we think of the borderline play and the edge that he brings. But he's... When he's playing a structured game and when he's keeping his discipline, which he's been a lot better with in recent years, he's Mm -hmm. very effective with his physicality to make the defensive play. So that's something that I'm sure a lot of teams are going to pay for. It's amazing. There's just, we're just at the front end of it now, you know, like, I mean, like the cup final has ended and free agency is going to be upon us immediately after the draft. And, uh, Uh, To say that people are engaged in this conversation right now, Shana, in our marketplace would be an understatement. We're getting a lot of uh, response in full capital letters. So (laughs) they're they're yelling at us through social media, Shana. They're yelling at us. Everyone has takes about defensemen. It's like the the position that I feel like gets talked about the most. Like, right, with forwards, it's like, can they score? Are they good defensively? Like, that's one conversation. But, like, defense is something everyone gets so much more tense about. And then you bring in the fact that it's, like, a right-handed defenseman because we know how coveted they are. Everything, like, the level, right, you know, rises so much higher. Well, it's a great topic. We'll continue it next week. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend, Shana. Thanks for having me. All right, we're back after this to wrap up Sabres Live. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.